of the morning to you, Cisa. You smoothie, me ice cold pizza. Cafe Ole, Latte Da. You do the Zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon. I'll give you the gospel of St. John. It's been like the wake up on. Cause we both know that it's mercy flows in the morning.
in all that the Father has done. Let's lift up and
Lord, we just continue to celebrate you. We worship you not only with our mouths and with our hands clapping and feet dancing, but Lord, we we even worship you on our instruments tonight. Oh, yeah.
all the men that walked with him had turned and run away. They crucified our Savior and laid him in a tomb. The life that once brought love and hope slipped away that afternoon. Satan gleamed with pleasure that day at Calvary. For he thought he had won a mighty victory. And like him, all of the demons of hell began to cheer. <laughs> oh, but little did they know.
He is risen. He is risen. Praise God. Heavenly Father, you are the ancient of days. Lord Jesus, you are alive indeed. Alive, alive, alive this morning. Holy Spirit, good morning. God, we just praise you. We just praise you for who you are. We thank you, God, for what you've done and who you are, God. You are worthy of praise this morning. You are alive forevermore. God, in your goodness, in your mercy, in your great compassion towards us, you've you've done a mighty thing, and we celebrate this morning the, the fruit of life. We celebrate this morning the work of the cross that you 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 did for us on in, in our behalf, Lord God, to do a mighty thing this morning and life is a result of that. God, you're good. You're so good. And throughout the world today we celebrate that time when you defeated and and broke the the chains of bondage and the curse of death from off humanity and and you gave us life. We celebrate that, God. We praise you and we give you honor and glory for that now and forever, Lord. Good morning, Ted Line. <clears throat> it is Resurrection Sunday, the year 2020. And we knew at the beginning of the year that something great was going to happen, something awesome was going to happen, that new things were on their way, and that this was a year, uh, a, a special year, a, a year that we were in, in anticipation of seeing your goodness and seeing your 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 word alive in us and, and new things uh, in the in the world. But as we looked into the year, we were looking for you. And though the months were lining up and getting ready to happen and un- things were getting prepared to unfold, we were looking for you. And I hope everyone finds you. My prayer this morning is that Everyone finds you, that we see and find you, Lord Jesus. It's important. And this morning, I want to bring your attention to the fact that they looked for the Lord. They found him. And those that usually, those that look for you, find you, Lord. Those that usually look for you, find you. Because you're not trying to be hidden. You're trying to be revealed. You're... Everything you've done was to reveal your arm of salvation. And I want to bring your attention to 1 Kings 18, and I'm going to read from the Amplified, but if you're reading from the King James or from the English Standard Version or from another version, that's fine. But I'm going to read from 1 Kings 18, and this is about Elijah and Obadiah and a situation that happened in 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 the country, the nation at the time. See, their enemy was Syria. That was their their situation. Their enemy was Syria, their neighbor. But there's some important key things to remember about Elijah. This story uh, is first. It's it's prophetic. You know, it's prophetic, not just about Israel and their Israel's future. It's about our time now, and it literally concerns you and I. 
I want you to note the people here involved are people, you know, of God. They're people of God. They're not just, you know, people of God here. They're, they're also kings involved. There's also nation leaders involved. There's also religious leaders involved. And kings who have believers placed around them in their courts. These kings, these, you can call them presidents, they have religious believers that they surrounded themselves with. And there's also witchcraft involved. There's meddling and political strife and 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 oppression and, and there's manipulation and control that's that's at play here. <clears throat> so the political affairs of the nation is one that has enemies on the left and on the right, their neighbors, the Syrians. But here's Elijah. You see, we're gonna we're gonna see, we're gonna look into the year twenty twenty. We've got to see Jesus. We have to see God. We've got to find God in the year twenty twenty. And Elijah, see here's a man of God in this time, in this place, with all these, you know, enemies as neighbors and there's witchcraft abroad and Elijah here, he prays for the rain to stop, and a drought happens. And when the drought begins, the conditions of this this drought that Elijah prayed for, uh, the conditions also, you know, they applied to him too. So Elijah, the man of God here, he's suffering with the people under the conditions of a drought, and he's right along with them. And the prophets of God are being... They're, you know, they're hiding because, you know, here you have Ahab and Jezebel are, are looking for them and they're killing them. And, and things are getting tough. Things are, things are down to the wire. Things, are, things are, are difficult. And we come to a point, a time appointed for the man of God, Elijah, where he has to present himself. He has to come out of hiding and he has to, he has to show his face to the king. And when he does... He's going to be instructed to call people together. He's going to call people to, to be assembled together because why? They've got to find God. They've got to find God. They've got to look for it. And God is about to visit his people, and he's about to deliver them. And I want you to see the correlation here between Elijah and the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, as I read 1 Kings 18 from the Amplified, you're welcome to read with me in the Amplified of the King James. And Here we go. Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab called Obadiah, who was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For when Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water. Then Ahab said to Obadiah, go into the land, to all the sources of water and to all the streams. Perhaps we may find grass and keep the horses and mules alive and not have to kill some of the cattle. So they divided the land between them to survey it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And Obadiah was on the way 
As Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him. He recognized him and fell face downward out of respect and said, Is it you, my lord, Elijah? He answered him, It is I. Go, tell your master, Elijah is here. But he said, What sin have I committed that you would hand over your servant to Ahab to put me to death? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where any master has not sent messengers to seek you. And when they said, He is not here, Ahab made the kingdom or nation swear that they had not found you. And now you are saying, Go, tell your master, Behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I come to tell Ahab, and he does not find you, he will kill me. Yet your servant has reverently feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told to you, my Lord, to my Lord, Elijah, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave, and provided them with bread and water? And now you are saying, go, tell your master, Elijah is here, and he will kill me. Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts, armies, lives, before whom I stand, I will certainly show myself to Ahab today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, are you the one who is bringing disaster on Israel? Elijah said, I have not brought disaster on Israel, but you and your father's household have by abandoning, rejecting the commandments of the Lord and by following the Baals. Now then, send word and gather to me all Israel, all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the goddess Asherah who eat at Queen Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word to all the Israelites and assembled the pagan prophets together at Mount Carmel. Elijah approached all the people and said, How long will you tarry, hesitate between two opinions? How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal... Follow him. But the people of Israel did not answer him so much as a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone remain a prophet of the Lord with Baal's prophets, are 450 men. Now let them give us two oxen, and let them choose one ox for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. I will prepare the other ox and lay it on the wood, and I will not put a fire under it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first, since there are many of you. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull that was given to them and prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear and answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they had made, 
At noon, Elijah mocked them, crying, saying, Cry out with a loud voice, for he is a god. Either he is occupied or he is out at the moment, or he is on a journey. Perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. So they cried out with a loud voice to get Baal's attention and cut themselves with swords and lances in accordance with their custom until the blood flowed out on them. As midday passed, they played the part of prophets and raved dramatically until the time for offering the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people approached him, and he prepared and rebuilt the old altar of the Lord that had been torn down by Jezebel. Then Elijah took twelve stones in accordance with the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. So with the stones, Elijah built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two measures of seed. Then he laid out the wood and cut the ox in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four pitchers with water and pour it on the burnt offering and the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it a third time. The water flowed around the altar and he also filled the trench with water. And the time of the offering of this evening sacrifice Elijah the prophet approached the altar and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Jacob, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and even the stones and the dust. It also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell face downward and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. They seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon, and as God's law required, killed them there. Now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he crouched down to the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Elijah said, Go back seven times. And at the seventh time, the servant said, A cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And Elijah said, Go up. Say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down so that the rain shower does not stop you. In a little while, the sky grew dark clouds and wind, and there were heavy showers. And Ahab mounted and rode his chariot and went inland to Jezreel. 
Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, giving him supernatural strength. He girded up his loins and outran Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel, nearly 22 miles. <coughs> Continuing on now, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets of Baal with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the life of one of them. And Elijah was afraid and arose and ran for his life, and he came to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there. But he himself traveled a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and asked God that he might die. He said, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. He lay down and slept under the juniper tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and by his head there was, there was a bread cake baked on hot coal and a pitcher of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too long for you without adequate sustenance. So he got up and ate and drank. And with the strength of that food, he traveled 40 days and nights to Horeb, which is Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave and spent the night in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous. Impassioned for the Lord God of hosts, armies, proclaiming what is rightfully and uniquely his. For the sons of Israel have abandoned, broken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I am left, and they seek to take away my life. So he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and powerful wind was tearing out the mountains and breaking the rocks in pieces before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake after the earthquake there was a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire there was the sound of a gentle blowing when Elijah heard the sound he wrapped his face in his mantle, his cloak, and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts' armies, because the sons of Israel have abandoned, broken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, only I, and left, and they seek to take away my life. <clears throat> the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram, which is Syria. <clears throat> and you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, the son of Saphat of Abel. Meholah, as prophet in your place. It shall come 
about that Jehu shall put to death whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael. And Elisha shall put to death whoever escapes the sword of Jehu. Yet I will leave 7,000 survivors in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed down to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So Elijah departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him. And he with the 12, Elijah went over to him and threw his mantle coat on him. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and I will follow you. And he said to him, Go on back, for what have I done to stop you? So Elisha left him and went back. Then he took a pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their meat with the implements of the oxen as fuel and gave the meat to the people, and they ate. And he stood and followed Elijah and served him. <clears throat> when God brought my eyes to the scripture, I I hadn't yet had made the con- the connection with resurrection day. But then as prophecy and it points to today and in, and as prophecy, you know, will do it brings your attention always, Scripture always brings our attention to Jesus. Because many of the prophets, many of the kings, many of the, the people uh, that's, that, are, that are in the stories of the Old Testament, <clears throat> you'll notice that they foreshadow our Lord Jesus Christ. In some fashion, some characteristic, whether it's Joseph, whether it's Abraham, whether it's uh, a you know, any of the prophets, there is something in there that God is trying to draw our attention to Jesus Christ. And we know that today, the day we celebrate the resurrection of a victorious Jesus Christ, who fulfilled prophecy, who laid himself down willingly on a cross, on my cross to bear my sins and was killed and resurrected. Now, Isaiah 53, very controversial in the, the Jewish area, in the Jewish tradition, in the Jewish Israel today. It'll bring uh, controversy and a conversation if, if, if you with certain people because this scripture is so uh, revealing it's hard to ignore from the King James I read Isaiah 53 who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground he hath no form or comeliness And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire it. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. 
But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken, and he was made his and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. <clears throat> Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. <clears throat> I want to also read this from the complete Jewish Bible, the complete Jewish Bible version. Who believes our report? To whom is the arm of Adonai revealed? For before him, he grew up like a young plant. Like a root out of dry ground He was not well formed or especially handsome We saw him But his appearance did not attract us People despised him and avoided him A man of pains Well acquainted with illness Like someone from whom people turn their faces He was despised We did not value him In fact it was our diseases he bore our pains from which he suffered. Yet we regarded him as punished, stricken and afflicted by God. But he was wounded because of our crimes, crushed because of our sins. The disciplining that makes us whole fell on him, and by his bruises are, we are healed. We all like sheep went astray. We turned each one. His own way Yet Adonai laid on him The guilt of us all Though mistreated He was submissive He did not open his mouth Like a lamb led to be slaughtered Like a sheep silent before its shears He did not open his mouth After forcible arrest And sentencing He was taken away And none of his generation Protested is being cut off from the land of the living For the crimes of my people Who deserved the punishment themselves He was given a grave among the wicked 
In his death, he was with a rich man. Although he had done no violence and had said nothing deceptive, yet it pleased Adonai to crush him with illness, to see if he would present himself as a guilt offering. If he does, he will see his offspring, and he will prolong his days, and at his hand, Adonai's desire will be accomplished. After this ordeal, he will see satisfaction by his knowing pain and sacrifice. My righteous servant makes many righteous. It is for their sins that he suffers. Therefore, I will assign him a share with the great. He will divide the spoil with the mighty. For having exposed himself to death and being counted among the sinners while actually bearing the sin of many and interceding for the offenders. And again, Isaiah 53 from the Amplified. Who, was, who has believed, <clears throat> confidently trusted in, relied on, and adhered to our message of salvation? And to whom, if not us, has the arm and infinite power of the Lord been revealed? For he, the servant of God, grew up before him like a tender root, shoot, plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He has no stately form or majestic splendor that he would look at him that we would look at, nor handsome appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or esteem him. But in fact, he has borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows and pains Yet we ignorantly assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God, and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And by his stripes, wounds We are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. But the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing, to fall on him instead of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth to complain or defend himself. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before her shears, so he did not open his mouth. After oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, his contemporaries, who among them concerned himself with the fact that he was cut off from the land of the living by his death, for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke of death was due. His grave was assigned with the wicked, but he was laid with a rich man in his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet the Lord was willing to crush him, causing him to suffer. If he would give himself as a guilt offering, an atonement for sin, he shall see his 
spiritual offering. He shall prolong his days, and the will, good pleasure of the Lord, shall succeed and prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he shall see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge of what he has accomplished, the righteous one, my servant shall justify the many, making them righteous, upright before God and right standing with him. For he shall bear the responsibility for their sins. Therefore, I will divide and give him a portion with the great kings and rulers. And he shall divide the spoils with the mighty. Because he willingly poured out his life to death and was counted among the transgressors. Yet he himself bore and took away the sin of many and interceded with the Father for the transgressors. I believe that today, if we're going to celebrate the life of Jesus, if we're going to celebrate the resurrection, the victorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have to give God honor in recognizing why and who he did this for. Despite our failings as a world, as nations, as peoples, as groups, as families, as individuals, despite our failings, look at all of what God did through Jesus. Look at what he did for us, for me as an individual, and for us. You know, I believe that when the problem, when the enemy presents itself, when it manifests, when it raises up, it's trying to pull us down. It's kind of like we're forced into a decision. We're backed into a corner, and we're forced to make a decision. And there's two ways we can go with it. We can go down with the pressure that's pulling us down, or we could take God's hand and be lifted up, delivered. We can go down with the pressure or rise up when God strengthens us to come up. And I believe that's why in these times we're told, when all these things begin to happen, God's word tells us what? It tells us to look up. Luke twenty-one twenty-eight, and the King James says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. And lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. So you might have noticed that many people, you see in the news, and you can't help but, but see the news is just pumping it out, uh, you know, like a thousand percent all day long, what everybody's doing in this situation. So you see everybody's reaction. You see what they're doing. Their preparations have, have now, everything has culminated to, to this. And you see what they're doing in, in light of the current viral, parasitic attack, this event. Some are looking for answers. They're looking to leadership to help them. They're looking to, you know, the authorities. They're, looking, they're like sheep looking for a shepherd. And what this shut-in has caused people to come to terms with is in their own homes, in their own situations, in their own family situations, in their own relationships, everything's being reevaluated. Life itself is under that spotlight. It's being held to the light. People suddenly are having to sit down and take inventory of what's real, what matters. We're having to look at 
who's who. We're 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 like investigating everything and the details and and we're we're all of a sudden <clears throat> all the insignificant things, all the superficial things in life are being tossed aside. And and all these false securities that you know people used to depend on and you know always just assume they'd always be there. They're all being stripped away. Reality is setting in. We are spiritual beings with a spiritual need. And now, in our isolation, in our isolation slash shut-in, we're reflecting. We see reality for real. We see our need. We see that the reality is that time is precious, people are precious, and God is being sought. You see that all over, all, over, all over the place. That countries, whole whole towns are coming out, and whole hospitals are coming out to pray and to seek God, and others are taking different paths. But you're seeing the reactions of the peoples, how they're reacting to this this need. But it cannot be denied. There is no doubt that God is being sought. There's no doubt that people need a savior. So the people of the world are turning to look to God. Who's going to save us? Who's going to save us? Where do we look? Who are we looking for? Just like Elijah called the people together, they were going to find out who's God. Who are you going to, who's real? If God, then serve him. If Baal, serve him. But the time has come to this. We've got to figure out and find out. We've got to to discover reality. And you can't discover reality without acknowledging our need for God, our need for salvation. Psalms 24 in the King James says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of of glory, the Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory, Selah. We are living in a historic time, a historic moment, an appointed time. Each of us gifted, prepared, filled, ready for this appointed time in history that has never been like before. 
1861, in this day of history, Fort Sumter was shelled by the Confederacy, and it started the American Civil War. In 1927, the British cabinet, in this day of history, comes out in favor of voting rights for women. In 1955, Dr. Jonas Salk's discovery of a polio vaccine is announced in this day in history. In 1961, Soviet Yuri Alexievich Gagarin becomes the first man to orbit the Earth in this day in history. But there's a historic moment. You know, those things change time. They change the, you know, politics and medicine and they changed our 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 reach in 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 space but there's a a time in history that changed everything for us and that was Luke 24 in the King James version where it says now upon the first day of the week very early in the morning they came unto the sepulcher bringing the spices with which they had prepared and con- and certain others with them and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. They were looking for the Lord. They were looking for him. But they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, the two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living? Among the dead He's not here But is risen Re- Remember how he spoke unto you When he was yet in Galilee Saying the son of man Must be delivered into the hands of sinful men And be crucified And the third day rise again And they remembered his words And returned from the sepulcher And told all these things Unto the eleven And to all the rest It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher and stooped down and beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus. Which was from Jerusalem about three three score furlong, furlongs And they talked together of all these things which had happened And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned Jesus himself drew near and went with them But their eyes were holden that they should not know him And he said unto them What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another As ye walk and are sad And one of them whose name was Cleopas Answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And hast thou not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher, 
And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the women had said. But him they saw not. And he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And he drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. And they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened. And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked <clears throat> with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour, and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And as they thus spoke, spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? <clears throat> Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, How are ye, have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. <clears throat> and he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. <clears throat> and he led them out as far as to Bethany And he lifted up his hands And blessed them And it came to pass While he blessed them He was parted from them And carried up into heaven And they worshipped him And returned to Jerusalem with great joy And were continually in the temple Praising and blessing God Amen Now I want to invite 
everyone to just bow your head and silently uh, or out loud, however you want, to just repent if there's any sin, if there's any transgression, known or unknown. Father, we ask that you forgive. Have mercy. <clears throat> Not just on us, our families, but our cities and our our states, our countries, the areas that we're in and our ancestors. We ask that you forgive us for the sins of our fathers. Have mercy and forgive us. Father, we recognize our need for salvation. We recognize and know that we are sinful. And without the blood of Jesus, without the salvation of that redeeming cross work that you did for us, we would be lost. And we thank you for that work, God. So please forgive us. We confess our sins. And we ask that you forgive us. Forgive us, God. Forgive our our peoples, our tribes, our cities. Forgive our churches and our nations. Forgive us all of our sins. And heal our nations. Heal our people. Heal our land. Hear our cries, God. Hear our cries. Hear our prayer. And forgive us as we sincerely, honestly repent and turn back to you, God. Father, you have opened a door and you are keeping it open and no man can shut. We ask that all souls that are in bondage right now be set free. That you would shine that light of your liberating word, Lord, that, that powerful word into the darkness and set the prisoner free. Set them free that are in bondage and, and, and are being afflicted. Heal them. Heal their nation. Heal their people. Heal all people, God, as they turn to you in this hour of need. All around the world this morning, people are celebrating your life. So, Father, open graves. Open graves. Your word is powerful, and it's, it reaches. It can heal the sick, and it can raise the dead. Father, heal. Allow your word to heal and to reach, to set free everywhere. And everywhere that men and women and people are searching for you, they're searching for salvation, Lord, let them and cause them to find it with, with mighty victory, with breakthroughs that explode in life, that, that are creative miracles and breakthroughs right now, God, setting people free, setting people free of the clutches and the, and the bondages of sin and witchcraft and, and transgression and iniquity. We sprinkle and apply the blood of the Lamb upon the people, upon the families, and upon the tribes, and upon the nations, that those who would receive your salvation would receive it, Lord, as they tarry and as they're in isolation or or as they're in shut-in, that they would receive with power the fullness of your goodness, the fullness of the word of your of your promise that was prophesied in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you God for life thank you God for resurrection and making alive and healing and and liberty and knowledge of your salvation and knowledge of Jesus 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Ted Line, the Lord bless you with life. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. We will see you tomorrow morning in the name of Jesus.
all the men that walked with him had turned and run away. They crucified the Savior and laid him in a tomb. The life that once brought love and hope slipped away that afternoon. Satan gleamed with pleasure that day at Calvary. For he thought he had won a mighty victory. And like him, all of the demons of hell began to cheer. (laughs) 